We are finding story of the past and now from South Australia. I am a storyteller from the sea to the outback, the southern ocean, where the living sea dragon live, where the last sailing ship of the wind drama sailed along the Spencer Gulf where the last sailing ship called in and the landscape of the Fender Rangers of the Royal Hops and Sturt Dizzy Pea Flower of the Outback. Going North Ice Cream that been here for a hundred years. Um, Today I'm at Narworth, a suburb of Adelaide, which is the headquarters, and I'll let Trevor explain uh, where where did Going North Ice Cream first started, family who started it. Well, the history of Golden North can be traced all the way back to the 1880s when the Boker family first moved to Laura. Um, and Laura is about 230 k's north of Adelaide, uh, up sort of near Port Pirie and then in the inland area. And the Bokers moved up there. He was a stonemason by trade, but he also had produce and he had a small dairy herd. So he started selling produce and also selling fresh milk and scalded cream. Um, and that grew and grew, the milk side of it, um, so he ended up buying milk from neighbours and selling it and ongoing like that. Then he expanded his run, so he was at that stage putting fresh milk and scalded cream by horse and cart to Gladstone, where it was put onto the train and went all the way up to Broken Hill. Um, and it was kept cool with wet hessian bags, something that we wouldn't even consider today. But then in 1920s, electricity came to the area and they started making ice to keep the milk cold so that it didn't go off. Um, And in the 1920s, the company was called the Laura Ice and Produce Company. They dropped off the produce side, expanded in other areas, and then in the 1940s, they became Golden North Dairies. So at that stage, they were doing fresh milk, fresh cream, butter, uh, flavoured milk. Uh, There was a juice range. There was honey. And then in 1923, they introduced ice cream. And today, Golden North is still in the same factory that it was in 1923, which was basically in the backyard of their farm. And so their original farmhouse, you can see it from the back door of the factory. So we're still in the same location, but these days we only make ice cream. We've specialised in that area. Okay, so when they got into 1923 and they started to do their ice cream, how big it was the tins of ice cream, I guess? Um, It started out in a uh, wax-covered cardboard brick that was um, about the size of a house brick, but not quite as tall. Um, They also did it in a little square brick. Um, The metal tins came a fair bit later, and they were half-gallon, which in today's speak is 
almost the same as a two litre. So they went from the paperboard to the metal tins um, and then later on they introduced what I'll call the sausage pack. So it was a tube of ice cream which you just cut off the end and served and did that for a little while and that was in the 1980s. Um, and then they introduced the, the two litre plastic uh, tub that we use today. It's changed a bit since then, but it's still basically a two litre plastic tub. Um, the other icon product of ours is um, a product called Giant Twins, which is a bar of chocolate, chocolate coated, bar of ice cream that's chocolate coated. Um, and they started in the 1950s. And in those days, it actually took three days to make a giant twin. The first day, they poured the ice cream into like a cake tin, if you like, and they put that in the freezer overnight and set it. They pulled it out the next day, chocolate coated it, put it back in the freezer and set it, pulled it out the next day and put it into a bag. Um, today, it's a lot more automated than that and it's a continuous line and from start to finish it takes about eight minutes to make a giant twin. So the ice cream comes out in the shape that you see, it, it, in that square shape, it goes along and gets cut with a hot knife, that then is the size of the bar, it goes through a freezing tunnel to really freeze it quickly, it's a nitrogen tunnel and then comes out of there and it has to be really cold because it then goes through a warm molten chocolate waterfall uh, which is just divine um, and that coats it all in chocolate, goes through a second tunnel, goes through and then goes through the wrapping machine and gets wrapped and as I said the whole process takes eight minutes which is a bit better than three days. You do the milk run and it went from the Brother Valley to Tennant's Creek, which is in North Ontario, so and it's about 2,000 kilometres. Uh, that's correct. Um, we had a milk processing plant in Clare and one in Port Pirie. So gold, the ice cream's only ever been made in Laura, but we had two different milk processing plants, plus it was done in Laura, of course. Um, and then there was depots scattered all around the state, from Greenock to uh, Port Augusta, Port Pirie, Wyala, Port Lincoln, uh, etc. And then they used to send milk from the Barossa area all the way up to Tennant and Northern Territory and almost over to the Western Australian border. So at one stage, yes, technically speaking, it was the longest milk run in the world um, because people up in the Tennant Creek, that's, that's a long way away and they only ever got their milk fresh from South Australia. Going north, do they do... Uh, export to, like, to the other states? Um, we define the market in two areas. There's supermarkets and then there's food service, which is catering and you know, single sales. In the supermarkets, we're in IGA stores nationally, so every state of Australia, um, but not in the major Coles and Woolies. Uh, in the food service market, we're quite strong interstate. In fact, the five-litre trays which is mainly what's sold into catering and ice cream shops, you know, ice creameries. We sell more outside of South Australia than we do inside. Um, we also now export our ice cream um, and have been doing so for a few years. So we've got a major customer in China and another big customer in Vietnam. So we send 
40-foot uh, containers full of ice cream on ships up to those two countries. So the, like all, all firms, they get bigger and people take over from the other firms and like I saw that the family unit used to own going north for a little while. Um, I guess when it first, I think it was 1984 you moved to Adelaide when the family unit took it over and then it been sold again. So would you like to talk about um, um, who owned fam uh, Golden North now? Yeah. Well, Golden North was started by the Boker family, as I said, in back in the 1880s. Um, it went through th three generations of the Bokers, and then in 1983 they sold it to Farmers Union, which at that stage was a dairy cooperative that originated from Jamestown, so it's quite close to Laura. So they sold it to the neighbours, if you like. Um, Golden North then evolved and became National Foods, and they were truly a national company. Um, so they first launched the ice cream into Adelaide in that sausage pack that I was talking about before. Um, then in 2001, the then general manager of Farmers Union in South Australia, along with three business partners, bought Golden North from National Foods. So at that stage, National Foods, as I said, was a national company. It had international shareholders, etc. So these four gentlemen bought the company back, which meant that it was once again 100% South Australian owned, and 100% South Australian made. Um, and the company was very pleased with that positioning. Those, those four um, have now exited the business for one reason or another, and there's five families, uh, all South Australian, own the company. Um, three of those families work full-time for the company and the other two are investors, one of them. So by five South Australian families, but through all those changes, it's still made in the same place in Laura. Now we're talking about Laura. Uh, where is Laura uh, from Adelaide? Uh, if you go from Adelaide, you go straight up the Port Wakefield Road, you get to Port Wakefield, you veer right and you go up towards Port Pirie about five or ten k's before Port Pirie you turn right and you go in and you've got Crystal Brook, Gladstone and Laura. So it's about 230 kilometres from Adelaide but it's the biggest close town would be Port Pirie. Top of ice cream do you make here? I believe there's about 50 different recipes um, not all of which you would see as consumers because some of them are made for other people. Um, but in the main business, in supermarkets and in those five-litre trays, like five-litre trays, we've got about 32 flavours. Um, and that's so that an ice cream shop can offer consumers a range of flavours that they make. There's something worth pointing out. All of our ice cream is 100% palm oil free. A lot of the other ice cream companies use palm oil as an ingredient instead of using cream, and it's cheap. But we took a stance that we don't want to use palm oil um, because the manufacturing of palm oil is negative to the um, wilderness and to the home of orangutans, 
and to the rainforests in, say, Southeast Asia. So they burn down rainforests, put up palm plantations and then harvest the oil. So we took the stance that we won't use any palm oil or anything that's made from palm oil in our products. As consumers change their needs and expectations, we've changed a few other things with the ice cream. We had some products that had nuts in them. And a few years back, we decided that our ice cream factory would be 100% nut-free. There's a lot of people who have an allergy to nuts that can be very serious. And it's, it's, it's a really strong allergy. So you, you don't need to eat a nut. You need to even eat something that was next to a nut or a nut passed on the same line. So by absolutely banning nuts from the factory, staff can't even eat them, um, we, can, we can be nut-free. The other thing we did was became gluten-free. So there's no wheat fillers in our ice cream. Once again, some of the cheaper ice creams use a wheat filler because it's cheaper. Um, we don't because it's made with fresh milk and fresh cream. So all of our products are gluten-free except one. Uh, we make a product called Cookies and Cream and there's gluten in the cookies. So if you're gluten intolerant, you need to stay away from cookies and cream. Um, the other thing that we've noticed is that people have changed their needs. And so we now have a, a product, so it's suitable for diabetics. Um, we also have a product called No Added Sugar. So there's no sugar added into, into that ice cream. So there's people that need those those type of products for their specific diets. Um, you know, our, our founders who were dairy farmers may turn in their grave, but we also have an ice cream range that is dairy-free. Um, so as dairy farmers, they may not uh, agree with that. But once again, there's consumers out there that want to have dairy-free products. So we have a, a, a 1.2 litre vanilla bean and coconut and a chocolate that are made using an organic coconut cream as the base instead of dairy cream. So as I say, we try to cater for all people's needs. Um, we also have a sorbet range, so that's also dairy-free, lactose-free. Um, and that's only just been launched. So we've got the ice cream for you, no matter what you want. Uh, yeah, Trevor, when I was first coming, I asked you about... Um do you have your own dairy? Um, you said you don't, so you want to talk about where you get your milk from? And don't, just don't say a cow. Yeah, it comes from a cow. Well, lots of them actually. Um, no, we don't. We don't run our own dairies, as in running the the dairy cattle. Um, it, it's a very very complicated business, and to be honest, it's not one that I want to get involved in. I, I'm not planning on milking cows at five o'clock in the morning. Um, we go through a third party and buy the milk, but then the milk gets delivered to us direct from the farm. So we'll go in and we'll buy a, a, a tanker load of milk, which might be 30,000 litres, but it's collected from the, the dairy farms and then comes straight to us at Laura. So I guess at Laura, um, you'll be the main firm to employ people. So how many people do you employ? Uh, Laura, the town, is about 600, 650 people. Um, up at Laura, we would have 
65 employees and then down here in Adelaide at Nailsworth, which is our corporate office if you like, which is just sales, marketing and admin, there's about a dozen and then there's a few reps out on the road. So the main employment is at Laura and um, anybody listening that wants a job, uh, we are always looking for staff at Laura. You just can't get enough staff. Trevor, what's your favourite ice cream? I have to ask that question. You could classify me as old and boring, if you like. Um, vanilla. Um, I, I love a good vanilla. And if you're ever doing taste tests of ice cream, which I do from time to time, and I have tasted every ice cream on the marketplace, trust me. Um, the When you're doing a comparison of ice creams, you do it with vanilla because it's a true flavour. Everything else can be masked with chocolate or with whatever. Um, but me personally, I like um, vanilla. Um, I'm not nut intolerant, so if I have it at home, I have a chocolate sauce on it and crushed nuts over the top, and that's how I like to eat my ice cream. <laughs> Is there a lot of work to advertising your work? And do you respond um, to things like I, I, I see that Laura have a fair each year yeah we we had traditionally haven't done a great deal of advertising um, we do rely a lot on word of mouth and it, it is very true that South Australian consumers want to support South Australian companies um, I think people over the years with the difficulties that everyone's had with COVID and everything else that you can think of, that people understand that for South Australian manufacturers to survive, they need to be supported by consumers. And if South Australian manufacturers go out of business, then eventually so does South Australia. So we need to keep employment here. Uh, and we need to support South Australian companies. And Golden North is recognised very much as a South Australian company. And we are very grateful to the support that we get from our consumers. This year, um, you know, we've been around for so long, and I feel like some days I've been here the whole time, um, but it's our 100th birthday of making ice cream. So while the Bokers went there in the 1880s, they didn't make ice cream till 1923. So this year's our 100th birthday. Um, we're having a big function up at Laura for all our staff and ex-staff and uh, key dignitaries from the town. Um, so that's coming up in, in the end of March. And then the 1st and 2nd of April is the Laura Fair. So this year we've taken naming rights to the to sponsorship of the fair, so that will be uh, known as the Golden North Laura Fair. Um, we also sponsor a lot of other things in Laura, from the music festival to the compulsory footy club, cricket club, bowls club, etc., etc. Um, and we do a lot of work with the local community through schools and things like that. So you know we try to be part of the community um, because. We are. I like that, yeah, that you are part of a community of Laura and it's really good that you have sponsored all the different sport and I like the idea you, you sponsored the school. We've got North ice cream. It's known for to be for the cream. It's a very creamy ice cream and what also everyone that I ever come across love going on for the honey 
it's uh, uh, it's very true honey and it's really that's what going off now for the for the honey in it so we haven't spoke about the where you get the honey about uh, and the bees beekeeper that we buy all of our honey from is based in laura um so <laughs> it's gilbert's um we we use as much local produce as we can um and it, it makes sense uh, we all work together and a few years ago um, there was a shortage of honey but because we were a major customer of this local guy and you know long-term customer he made sure that we didn't run out so other people may have run out of honey but we didn't and yes when we make the honey ice cream the real honey is poured straight into the vat and mixed with the mix so um, it is real actual honey that goes into that product and it's it comes out with that real golden honey taste and if you want to have a little um, surprise for yourself at home next time you're making pancakes hot pancakes don't worry about the maple syrup and ice cream just put honey ice cream on it so hot pancakes with honey ice cream on it, beautiful, straight like that. I just heard how much it shines and how many different ice cream that you have, or some of them. So where you're going from from there and that 20 years? We have a very active uh, R&D or research and development department. Um, we have a, a two food technologists. That, that work and their job is purely to come up with new flavours and um, new and exciting inclusions to put into ice cream. Um, so we are always expanding um, in the five litre tray market which is for ice creameries. We're constantly bringing out new flavours and then deleting ones that aren't selling enough because you can't just keep adding, you've got to take some away. So you know, we're, we're always expanding. We're always looking at, at new opportunities. As I said, we've, we've branched out into uh, China and Vietnam. Um, we do a little bit of contract packing for other people, um, so we make their brands. Um, and one in particular that's growing quite rapidly at the moment is a, uh, it's a frozen base uh, thick shake called Ferule, F apostrophe real. Um, and we make all of their... It's, it's a frozen mix that's in a cup, which you select the cup, put it into the machine at store level, press a couple of buttons, whether you want it uh, thin, medium or thick, um, and press it and it then self-serves, grinds, makes themselves uh, uh, your own thick shape. <coughs> and they're growing really quickly. So, you know, we make that. Um, we probably sell more of that into New Zealand than we do into Australia, but it's growing rapidly here. So, you know, we're always looking for opportunities like that. Yes, so Trevor, on behalf of From, from the Sea to the Outback, thank you very much for your time. Mm-hmm.